0: Hi Essex. My name is Miss Robson and I'm an English teacher at Sedgefield. I'm really looking forward to meeting you all in September and I hope you all have a lovely summer and enjoy various members of staff reading this book to you. I'm going to read chapter 16 and it's called Cod Fishing. The house settles opposite a small cabin on a quiet bend of the silver stream. Mist rises from the water and glows in the moonlight. And to the west The ice-capped peak of the blue mountain glistens with reflected stars. I rise to my feet, bursting to find my grandmother. Thank you for the food and the ride! Elena puts her fingers to her lips and points at Valentina. She's asleep in a chair by the fire. I have to go, I whisper, stepping over broken crockery and sleeping dogs to reach my clothes on the drying rack. I know this place, Mousetrap trills. It's the perfect spot for cod fishing. He jumps through the open window and sprints away into the darkness. Something between a groan and a growl rumbles in my throat. What's wrong? Elena asks, oblivious to what Mousetraps said. Mousetraps run off to go fishing. I pull on my skirt, jumper and coat as fast as I can. I have to find him. I don't want to lose him in the forest. I'll come and help. Elena skips silently after me, stopping to lift a shawl and headscarf from a hook. The door swings open ahead of us and we step out into the cold night. The silver stream bubbles and burbles alongside us. Only a thin line, of ice, line sorry, of ice remains clinging to its banks here. The moon and stars are distorted in its waters, throwing silver-tipped shadows into the night. I take a few steps away from the house and listen for Mousetrap, but only hear the river and Yuri's snores from the porch. trap. I call in the loudest whisper I dare, not wanting to wake Yuri or Valentina. Human girl! Mousetrap's voice drifts from the black outline of the cabin ahead. It must be another of an Anatoly's. The lightless windows and smokeless chimney tell me he's not inside. I'm glad. Right now, all I want is to make sure Mousetrap is safe, then find my grandmother. Mousetrap! I call again, walking towards the sound of his voice. Elena follows, pulling her shawl tight against the damp air. The house creaks as it tries to creep after us, but Elena turns around and throws it a stern look that reminds me of Valentina, and it slumps back down, its roof frowning. ''Over here!'' Mousetrap trills, and I spot his silhouette on an upside-down canoe at the side of the cabin. ''You can use this to watch me fishing from the water!'' We can't go fishing now. I need to go to the bear cave. I beckon to him, but he doesn't come. Fishing is always best by moonlight. Mousetrap shivers with excitement, and I realise that, although I came into the forest looking for answers, he really did come here looking for cod. We could go fishing tomorrow night, I suggest. You can't be hungry after all of that salmon you just ate in the house. Are you talking to Mousetrap? Elena's eyes widen. I nod. Ever since I grew these legs, I've understood him. That's amazing, Elena beams. I wish I could talk to animals. What does he say? Tell her that if she listened properly, she might understand. Mouse traps whiskers twitch with annoyance and that it's impolite to disrupt a cod fishing expedition. He mostly talks about cod. I glance up at the Blue Mountain and sigh. My feet are itching to climb it, but Mousetrap is looking from me to the river with shining, eager eyes. I've waited my whole life to find the story of my past. I suppose I could wait a few minutes longer for Mousetrap. How do you think you're going to catch a cod? I ask him. The ones that Natalie brings us are huge, big enough to eat you. After all we've been through, you doubt my cod fishing skills. Mousetrap huffs out an offended snort, leaps off the canoe and sprints towards the water. Come on, human girl, bring the boat. I hoist the canoe onto my shoulders and turn to Elena. Would you like to watch Mousetrap catch a fish? I'd love to. Elena lifts a paddle in a five-pronged fishing fork from hooks under the eaves and follows me to the river. What's the basket for? she asks. I lower the canoe into the water and peer at the suit-blackened wire basket dangling from a pole at the front of the boat. I remember something Anatoly told me once. Fresh freshwater cod are attracted to firelight. The basket must be for a small fire. I can get one. Elena rushes off and returns with a skull. From the skeleton store. the skulls and bones of the fence run into it when the house moves. She lights the candle inside the skull and places the whole thing in the basket. Will this do? The skull should stop the breeze from blowing the flame out. It's perfect, I nod, trying not to grimace at the eerie, glowing skull. Come on, Mousetrap shouts from the front of the boat. I smell cod already. I step into the boat. It sinks low into the water but feels stable. Elena gets in behind me, pushes off from the bank and we let the current carry us away from the shore. Mousetrap's fur shines like brass as he leans over the edge of the canoe, his head tracking movements in the water. "'They're coming,' he purrs, flashing his teeth. "'There's a plump one in line in the skull light right now.' "'What did he say?' Elena whispers. "'He sees a fish.' "'I reach for the fishing fork, but Mousetrap turns and scowls at me. "'I'll do the fishing!' He scampers along the narrow pole towards the basket, shrieking louder than I've ever heard him. Then a bird swoops out of the darkness, its wings as wide as I am tall, snatches Mousetrap up in its long, splayed claws and disappears into the night. Water slops against the side of the boat. My body sways and my thoughts reel. Mousetrap can't be gone. Not like that. Cold air creeps into my collar and swirls in the space where he always curls up. What? Elena's voice trails off. I listen to the silent night and finally hear a tiny distant scream. The noise gets louder until it's ringing in my ears, then the bird rushes back out of the darkness straight towards us. It's an owl, the biggest one I have ever seen, with tussled ear tufts and bright yellow eyes. It dives in front of the boat and I spot Mousetrap on its back, his head held high and an enormous grin on his face. Relief rushes through me. ''That one!'' Mousetrap yells. He grips the owl's ear tufts as if steering it and they bank down out of sight. There's a splash and another shriek. Then the owl flaps back into view, rises above the boat and drops a huge cod from its talons. The fish lands at my feet with a wet thud and a chaotic splatter. How many shall we get? Mousetrap shouts, pulling back on the owl's ear tufts until it turns around. Amazing! Elena squeals and claps her hands. (claps) I look at the fish at my feet. It's as long as my forearm. This is plenty, I call after Mousetrap. The owl circles around effortlessly, lifts another fish from the water, then lands on the front of the boat, making the bow dip and bob back up again. Mousetrap jumps down. "'This is Blackeston the fish owl,' he says with a flourish. "'I told you how I rode on his back for three days and nights. "'This is the human girl I live with, Yanka. "'And this is a new friend of ours, Elena. "'She's a Yaga girl who lives in a house with chicken legs. "'Pleased to meet you both,' Blackiston says in a deep, flowing voice. "'You too?' I nod. "'This is Blackeston, I explain to Elena.' You understand me? Blackiston swivels his head towards me. It's rare to meet a human who can hear creatures of the forest. My human girl has learned to listen. Mousetrap's tiny chest puffs up with pride and warmth, rushes into my cheeks, at Mousetrap calling me his human. Blackiston tears the of his feet in two and nudges half towards Mousetrap. Aren't you eating yours? he says to me, glancing at the other fish in the bottom of the boat. We'll take this one back for Elena's mother, Valentina, I say, not wanting to offend Blackiston. That would be lovely. Elena scoops the fish up into her arms. She could make a fish soup for the next guiding. Blackiston gulps down his share of the cod hole and then turns back to me. What are you doing so far into the forest? he asks. I'm going to see my grandmother, the bears, Orina. I smile at my words. I've never had a grandmother to visit before. "'She'll be able to tell me about my past and my legs.' "'I dip the paddle into the water and begin pulling us toward shore. "'What do you want to know about your legs?' "'Mousetrap mumbles, his mouth full of food. "'Why they've grown like this.' "'I tap my claws against the floor of the boat, "'wondering if Mousetrap has even noticed my bare legs. "'He's never mentioned them. "'And whether I'm meant to be bare or a human,' I add, "'when Mousetrap doesn't look up from his fish.' You don't know! Blackiston stares at me, unblinking. I shake my head, and all of a sudden I feel so lost and confused that tears well in my eyes. Mousetrap sprints up to my shoulder. you human, human girl! He squeaks into my ear. But his words only make the tears fall, because they're not true. I'm half bear and half human, neither one thing nor the other. The paddle slips from my hands. Elena reaches out and steadies the paddle before it falls Are you alright? she asks I will be I take a deep breath and carry on paddling I just need to find my grandmother She'll know what to do The boat bumps into the river bank and I step out But even on solid ground I feel like I'm rolling on waves I don't know who or what I am Elena follows me, cradling Valentina's fish, but Blackeston shows no sign of moving, so I drag the boat from the water with him still sat on the bow. I have some cod left. Mousetrap leaps back into the boat and runs over to the remains of his meal. Would you like some human, girl? It would make you feel better. No thanks. I sit on the bank next to the boat and wait for Mousetrap to finish eating. Moonlight dances on gentle eddies and without thinking I lower my feet into the water and let the fresh cool currents swirl around my toes. Blackiston scratches an ear tough with his claws. I don't understand how your grandmother will know what you're meant to be. Because she cared for me when I was a cub or a baby. I frown because I'm not sure which I was. And because she likes me, she's like me. She was a human who turned into a bear. A story swims into my mind. A story Anatoly told me years ago that begins before the bear Zorina was a bear. When she was a girl, just like me, who felt she didn't fit. Elena sits next to me and rests her hand on my arm. Mousetrap snaps a fishbone, leans back against Blackeston's thick feathery legs and picks his teeth with it. And I tell the tale, as Natalie told it to me, starting with Once Upon a Time. Hi Essex, it's Miss Robson here again. I'm now going to read to you the Bear Zarina's Dance. Once upon a time there was a girl named Anya who felt like a goose among swans in her village. But when she wandered into the forest, Anya swelled with such happiness that she rose onto her toes and danced. She spun to the melodies of the wind, twirled to the harmonies of the rain and bounced to the beat of the woodpecker's beak. Anya spent every spare moment she could in the forest and by the time she had grown into a young woman, she felt she didn't need the company of people at all. At least she felt that way until she met the woodsman, Dimitri. He smiled at her, she smiled at him, and they danced together through long summer days and cold winter nights until they fell in love. They moved into a home at the edge of the forest and made it as comfortable as a feather-down nest. And when a baby boy arrived, all three of them danced together under the towering pines at the bottom of their garden. Everything was perfect, until Dmitri brought strange gifts from the forest. Seeds that grew faster than, than was natural, and jewels that shone brighter than rainbows. When Anya asked Dmitri where he'd found these things, he only smiled and kissed her cheeks. Dmitri's secret weighed heavily on Anya. She stomped and flapped around their home, frustrated that Dmitri would not tell her the truth. Then one day, Dmitri took Anya and their son to a castle with a golden domed roof hidden deep in the forest. ''This is our new home,'' Dmitri beamed with pride. Anya furrowed her brow and asked how this was possible, but Dmitri took her by the hands and spun her around until she felt the pulse of the forest and her question drifted away. Dmitri danced with Anya under the golden domed roof with the song of the wind and the chirp of the birds and a chorus of frogs around them, and they were happy for a while, living in their castle deep in the forest.'' But all too soon Dmitri came home pale and trembling, and everything changed. Dmitri would not tell Anya what had happened and fell asleep with his head on her lap. Anya burned with annoyance until she too fell asleep, and when they awoke they were bears. How is this possible? Anya stared at her huge paws with wide eyes. Dmitri opened his mouth to speak. But no words came out. Guilt and remorse choked him. "'Tell me!' roared Anya. "'You have kept secrets from me for too long!' "'This is all my fault,' Dimitri whispered. "'We've been cursed because of my greed.' Anya frowned as she tried to remember what she'd heard about curses. "'I believe with curses,' she said finally, "'there's always a choice.' "'And she rose onto her back paws and began to dance.' Dance with me, she beckoned Dmitri and their son, and maybe we'll remember what it is to be human. But the sounds and scents of the forest drifted through the open windows, and Anya, Dmitri, and their son were now bears. Their snouts twitched and their ears swivelled, and they found themselves dancing out of the castle and into it, They spun to the melodies of the birds, twirled to the harmonies of the bees and bounced to the beat of the snow-hares' feet. Anya felt the pulse of the forest stronger than ever before and she danced deeper and deeper into it, through bubbling streams of silver fish, up mountains tingling with snow and into caves that smelled of earth and of autumn. For a while, Dmitri and their son danced with her But as the seasons passed, they danced a different way, and Anya found herself in a high cave, alone. But with the forest and its music spread out before her, she felt a part of a beautiful world.